Radio brings you the 2023 National Arts Festival. right on cue. and hello. Welcome to this podcast of the National Arts Festival. I am Nale Dindala, and I will be your right on Q host this year. Q Radio is brought to you by Q in collaboration with Rhodes Music Radio and Grocot's Mill. We will be bringing you nothing but the latest of the festival. National Arts Festival CEO Monica Newton says she's delighted to welcome the arts and theatre lovers back to the festival's hometown of Makanda. She emphasizes further that the festival preparations have begun and the town is booming. Newton says she is working closely with Makanda municipality to ensure they are prepared for any challenges that might arise. Are there any challenges that you have anticipated for the festival and with leading to the festival, obviously, what are some of those challenges that have, like, come up? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of, obviously, artistic and technical challenges that we we face generally. Um, And those are functions of budget, functions of artist availability, functions of where the festival is placed relative to university exam times, school closing times. You know, the village green is being built at the moment while the kids are still at school. And we're trying to be as quiet and respectful as we can um, as uh, Rhodes University finishes its um, exams. So we'll start moving in and, and building our venues on campus. So there those kinds of logistical considerations. Probably the two biggest challenges this year, load shedding, because, of course, it's so uncertain. Fingers crossed, we stay as we are now. Uh, with, um, you know, I, I don't even want to say the words because I don't want to put it out there. Um, but fundamentally also, frankly, water issues in the city um, and, and concerns about the bigger narratives about our city and what people are saying about it and how people are feeling about coming. Because at the end of the day, we would like people from outside um, to, to join us. So lots of those kinds of challenges. But the festival is built on collaboration, it's built on partnerships, working with the municipality to find each other with respect to a solution surrounding the water issues. We're starting to see a bit of progress, hopefully. We're also very clear that our festival has lived through much worse water situations than this. So we're always prepared with water at venues, um, reverse osmosis filters at the monument so that we can use the water there. The monument, of course, can go completely um, run completely on a generator. It has its own borehole. So there's a lot of what the festival has lived through over the last couple of years, which has meant that it is capable of delivering itself almost regardless of circumstance. But one of the things that we were very lucky to be able to do, even from last year, was work with the Social Employment Fund on a, on a very large and quite complex project for us to begin to clean streets, fill potholes, make the town ready 
Um, so we have just over 2,000 people working with us on a monthly basis, cleaning the streets, repairing the potholes, and all of this we do in partnership with municipality, local businesses, community members, and we're very clear that this is for the town. This is not just... You know, there's there's always a criticism that things get done just before festival. Um, this is more about saying, you know what, we are citizens here, we live here, we love it here, we see the challenges. And this project has been about us responding to the issues in town in a far more sustainable and sustained way. Um, to, to fix the problems, not just for the festival and its guests, but for the town as a whole. So the work that we're doing with the, at the Angel on High Street is a partnership between ourselves and Makana Municipality and we're trying to fix things and we won't get to everything but we're doing our best to make sure that the town is ready and the residents are feeling proud uh, to host festival guests over this period. At this time of the year, it's not a surprise to find the city of Makana busy fixing roads and cleaning the streets. However, this time, it has been the National Arts Festival through what they call a social employment fund project. Young men and women wearing orange uniforms sometimes can be seen cleaning the streets, sidewalks, and parks all over the town. Our reporter, Shepi Mati, was in High Street, just in front of the City Hall, where a group of workers could be seen fixing potholes, and he brought us this report. My name is Hilton Harkinson. I'm project manager um, of the Social Employment Fund. We are empowered by the Presidential Stimulus Fund. We have 2,100 people that are working in our project in various areas. One of the areas is the road repairs, the pothole repairs. Other areas we do invasive, clearing out invasive species. We're working in all the schools in the east. We are doing all the recycling of the dumps. Um, so we have 2,100 people working in various. We're playing just on 4.2 million rand a month coming into the economy of Makanda um, and empowering people to be employed and to bring into the project. With the 2,000 people, we estimate roughly 16,000 people are receiving some kind of income from this project. So one of the projects is this that we are dealing with the Makana municipality. We are partnering with them on the roads project. But the rest of them we work together wherever we are needed. Collaboration with the National Arts Festival as Ubona Ukubana, Aba Sebenzabanis Bala Project, National Arts Festival, Balapa, Sia Sebenzanaga, Kulukanala Project, Ekunsegis and Dobana, Indobanga, Nayo, Masiti Bansen, so that in whatever SENZAYO, Kubekona, a huge impact, and down Basivale, Indau, Engin, Engazobona Gala, Sitala Apa, Gebesinga, Kali, Apa, Besasens, Kala, Nasen, Bondo, Sizaumanes, Kubekega, Ukwenza Ganjalo, Inkelazetu. 
nazi kustaita simbika ku esibika kunufuti leyo indo ayo secret ilendo sibone ukuba ukuze sikhawulelane nayo masidibane sibe itim engulu sikhololondo apha ke sizokusebenzisana ke nathi apha si political leadership ndihamba kunye no speaker we council ndihamba kunye ne members of mayoral committee sikhokelwa ngokuhansela mene ongiportfolio checker technical and engineering technical and infrastructure services I'm happy that Sina Lumudelano between Ababandu Babinu, Umaspala, and Ale Project as a monument. I'm Dagmar Cook. This is Alfred Gui and Hilton Harkinson. Okay. Hilton is my boss. I'm employed by the National Arts Festival or subcontracted by the National Arts Festival under the Social Employment Fund project, which Hilton heads up. Okay as my company is subcontracted to them, and I employ Alfred Gray, who's our bitumen repair specialist, and we are here to help fix the town. <laughs> That's actually what it's about. Landing Alfred Gray. We are level four. You all get bitumen mixer, preparation for later. I figure I figure something game. So our biggest problem is in this town is that our stormwater drains are not um, cleaned regularly. They are compacted and the water has no way to go but stay on the street. A road should have a natural camber so that the water can run off on either side. Um, and then there's friction and wear between the tire and the tar. So what happens normally is that the water will find a way into a crack. As I explained with conditioning, if you don't condition the tar regularly, it'll crack. In those little cracks, the water will find that spot. It will penetrate to the bottom. It will create a cavity below. 
as the cars go over it, it'll increase the crack and more and more water will go below, creating a cavity. Once you have a cavity below, it's just a matter of time until it gives and that's the pothole. Best solution is stormwater drains are um, open. Our worst problem at the moment is that people also are filling potholes with soil or with stone and the first thing that happens when a rain comes it ends, ends up right back in the stormwater drains blocking them again and again and again no matter our best efforts to clean them they keep on being blocked people are also littering a huge part of our littering problem is that we're also not doing um, recycling correctly so if we did recycling properly and actually allowed the pickers to have a bag of plastic and a bag of tin and a bag of glass. It would be a much, much easier way of doing the recycling for one. For two, it would then stop the littering process as people would then understand that there's value in those items, even paper. And it would also be more a dignified, more existence for the, for the pickers, not to be able to go through your individual refuse that is black waste so we should all in my opinion separate our waste correctly so that pickers are also more dignified in their livelihood Hightech is the biggest security company in Makanda which makes them responsible for the security of people who will be attending the National Art Festival I, Nali Tindala and Nandim Begela got a chance to sit down in an interview with the manager of Hightech to find out the measures they have put in place to make sure the festival goers are protected and there's less crime as the town will be buzzing with people. Uh, name is Kenny Knutzer, uh, operational manager of Hightech Security since 2003. So with the NAV approaching, what preparations have you made in place to ensure that there is security for people who are attending? Um, okay, obviously from our side is we only look after the additional festival venues such as the Monument, Village, Green Church Square, those things. We don't put really measures in place for Grahamstown itself, although we bring in one additional vehicle to cover certain areas of town because often with the festival goers they don't know how to work with alarms. So we often get lots of false alarms, uh, often we get quite a few break-ins because of these criminals that take advantage of the outside people from outside of Grahamstown. Because obviously through the year the students know how to lock behind them, but the new people in town don't know, and uh, that often creates a problem. So, um, and we often rely on technology. So, as you guys all know, we do all the CCTV in Grahamstown as all the entrances into town. So we work very close with the SAPS. Um, any information that they will receive, we will put it through our systems and we communicate uh, where needs to be. Um, they are actually the ones that bring all the manpower because they don't look after any buildings or venues, they look after the people. That's their main role. Our role is now the opposite. We look after the buildings, monuments, where all the festival goers are in private property, I would say. So what tips can you give people who are attending the festival for the first time? Um, firstly, I would uh, familiarize yourself with obviously the Grahamstown itself. Get all the emergency numbers because each town it's differently. If you don't know what our number is security-wise, I'll give it to you as well. It's 046-636-1667. If there's any emergency that you feel uncomfortable, you're more than welcome to phone us. Um, 
obviously often we battle with the police landlines, Tenterple one, you don't always get through. And especially if you don't know town, you can always phone us and say, you've got this problem, we'll try and assist where we can. Um, that's always the most places or best places to start for familiarize yourself where the police station is, your security company is, and your hospital is. Because um, those are the three crucial places in Festival normally. So what are the hotspots of crimes that people should avoid? Man, festivals not as bad as it used to be. Um, main hotspots, I would say, is pickpocketing. Often the guys take a little advantage of that. If you walk and you're in a festival mood, you walk and trying to do shopping, the guys will try and take stuff out of your handbag. It's not, we never have serious crime during the festival. There's more opportunities that normally come. The sad part is we often get guys from out of town that come with vehicles that go to the venues and take phones and that type of stuff. And they're quite a big syndicate, so they operate five to six of them. Sometimes they bring females to disturb you and those type of things. All well-dressed and so on, but... Um, we actually find that with all the venues we do in our in our district, we often we find these guys from out of town coming to take opportunity on those type of things. Streetlights were not working at that time, um, and how they could hinder your job as high tech. Is it still the case? Yeah, man, obviously every year first of all, we all got an operational plan, and one of the municipalities' plans is to get the streetlights going, especially where there's, there'll be lots of foot traffic, where there's from venue to venue. They try and focus on that first. It does help, but now when you get load shedding, it doesn't help anything because then everything's down. And the sad part is your cameras go down, your street lights go down, you can't see anything at all, and that's where the problem That I think that's the worst problem out of everyone. I can go without street lights with no power, we battle. All our cameras go down, which is a bit of an issue. Um, I think that is going to be this year's challenge, and I think this is the reason why this year's got less venues than all the other years, because now the venues they have to use, they have to rely on additional power like generators or solar panel. And previously we could go to any place and set it up, and you can't do it now this year because of the badness of the load shedding. We also spoke about the alarm system. So for a person that comes to Makanda, isn't familiar, is it easier for them to navigate the system? With the alarm system? Yeah, it is. Often they do battle because each security company's got different systems. Uh, most of us use a basic one, but lots of companies use ones that if you come there, you'll never understand it. And they often set it off and don't understand it, and that makes our job quite difficult because we have to keep on going out and trying to explain to them. And eventually the guys get tired and they just don't arm it uh, because they don't understand it, and that's where the guys now break in and steal stuff, and that's where we start losing and so on. Yeah. So in terms of like, you know, like with students that they know where to press to, to get help. So how, like what measures have you put in place to make sure that people know that this is what you can do to like get help? There's no measures in place for that specifically. Um, obviously, it's difficult. I mean, we've got a, a phone app that we use for our clients in Grimeson and for some of the students actually have it on. But you can't just have any random person on it. It makes it a bit difficult. So to have 10,000 festival goers, to have access to something is not going to be that easy. And also, where are you going to get the manpower to keep on running around? Because in a, in a day-to-day basis, we run around at least 30 times a day for false alarms. I'm talking about the phone app, not even the alarm app. But the guy said, no, I'm scared, and he'll stand extension far. We don't tell us where he is. And we're running around all the way. That's not paying customers. Lots of them are paying customers. So we end up 
coming late for our paying customers with a, he's actually a really uh, old lady pressing a panic in jaws or whatever. Now we're looking for someone walking around on the phone when you eventually get them, it's not even an emergency. So that's the only thing you put yourself at risk is you need to be very careful of. Um, but yeah, the best thing is, our advice is to take a phone number down. Phone number is easy. And our control room is obviously 24 hours and you can just say you need help and we can assist where we can. So is there anything like that has happened that like was the worst possible scenario that you could have thought of in the past? Um, yeah, we had quite a few threats before. Obviously, it was trucks and those type of things. That's normally often your worst. Um, your your normal robbery can happen any day. It's not that's not something anyone can see if it's going to come and so on. But often we, I think, a couple of years ago, I mean, remember we had COVID. We had there was another sickness that came in. We had riots, the guys wanted to riot the places, and then they, when the things go out of hand, they can start burning places. When they go to the monument, you've got 5,000 people in one building, now they want to burn the place down. That is 10 times worse, you understand? Then you need to put things in place. Is it actually worth risking the people? So, yeah, luckily for this year, there's nothing such as that. Only risk we've got is ESCO. Well, good people, that is all for today's episode. A special thanks to Nandem Begele and Gosin Lobo for putting this episode together. Catch us tomorrow at half past three on RMR 89.7. You can also catch us on Twitter at first, Instagram at q.online for more on the first. Q Radio brings you the 2023 National Arts Festival. Right on Q. Hashtag Q Radio.